Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. At my signal. Hell. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Greetings, welcome. You are listening to News Talk Saga 960. Mark Petroni with you for the next two solid gold hours. A freedom-loving news talk. Awesomeness. So glad you could join us on this edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to chat, we're always glad to hear from listeners just like you. 416-640-0200. Lots going on, including, of course, the latest foreign relations boondoggle. Embarrassment. And we've got former foreign relations minister... Peter McKay back on the show. Looking forward to that. Uh, He was there when we actually had serious people in charge. But yeah, another bonehead play on the world stage as a hot mic catches Justin Trudeau making fun of Trump. Look, it's going to happen, but do you have to do it in front of a camera? Yeah, it's it's captured on video for the world to see. There's a story everywhere. I mean, it's uh, on Zero Hedge, Justin Trudeau, Emmanuel Macron, and Boris Johnson all caught on hot mic. I mean, the the story from most of the clown show is that uh, it was the the troika that was all kind of poking fun at, at Trump. But really, it was Justin Trudeau. I I look at this video and I think Junior is really all over it. He's the he's the instigator. That's what I'm hearing anyway. And at the beginning of the audio clip. Boris Johnson can be heard asking why Macron was late to a meeting earlier that day. And then Trudeau comes in and says, well, Macron had to factor in a 40-minute diversion apparently caused by Donald Trump. So, look, personally, I don't care that Trudeau is making fun of Donald Trump. And frankly, I don't care that—I don't even think that Trump cares that much because, I mean, look, after blackface, after the India trip, really— after SNC-Lavalin, this is a guy that should be uh, on the world stage making fun of other world leaders. I, really, honestly, I, I, <laughs> especially attacking our biggest, the leader of our biggest trading partner and still the leader of the free world. Let's face it here. It's Justin who's the real joke. Come on. If you're going to make fun of other world leaders, at least have the sense to do it when there's not a camera around. <laughs> <laughs> around video shooting the whole thing. I mean, come on, dude. Audio-wise, it's a little hard to make up, make out, but I, I will do my best here trying to. I'll play it. And uh well, you see if you can make out what he says. Most of the uh trip there's a little bit of I'll interrupt if you can't hear if you can't quite make out what he's saying. 
Uh, you probably by now you may well well have heard this thing, but here's Justin. He's having drinks. He's <laughs> he's wolfing back some uh, adult beverages, and Macron is there. Boris Johnson is there. Let's let's hear a little bit of that. Okay, so it, why were you late? Okay, so the the question is, I'm sorry, it's it's hard to make out, but you have to listen for it very carefully. And uh, then Trudeau says, "Okay, it's hard to make out. I, I grant you that." He was. He says he was late because he takes a forty-minute press conference off the top. Okay, so who's he? Well, <laughs> Donald Trump is the he he's referring to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's saying he announced. Then he says something else. And then Macron comments. Oh, and then he says, and then, and then uh, Justin comes in and says, you just watched his team's jaws drop to the floor, meaning Trump, you know. So, so his team, meaning the Trump's team, just couldn't believe what their leader was saying and, and what up to. So he's poking fun. You know, it's, you can make the case that all of them were kind of listening to what Trudeau was saying, but it really, Trudeau was the main instigator here. He was the one who was carrying the ball on the mocking in, and captured on the hot mic for everyone to hear. And it's pretty much everywhere. I mean, look, do you really want to be caught on camera ripping this guy? I mean, earlier in the day at the, at the news conference, Trump made a point of saying that uh, he had actually raised the issue of our two prisoners. This is the other thing that we should bear in mind. So it's it's Trump who's been carrying the ball more on the uh, two Canadians, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig. And by doing that alone, Trump has done more to try and get these guys out of a Chinese prison than anything that our government has done. Let's hear a little bit about what Trump had to say before they get on to the whole thing about Canada's spending. Let's hear what Trump had to say in the news conference. This is the news conference that Trudeau was complaining about, these long news conferences. Mr. President, as regards China, when you met the prime minister in June, you talked about being or trying to help with the two prisoners that are Canadians that are in China. Yeah. Have you made any... Well, I have, and I think we've made progress, and... Uh, I had mentioned that to President Xi, as you know, because it was a big subject at the time. And I just hope they're being treated well. But I I put in a very, very strong word for those two prisoners. All right, he didn't have to do that. You know, here's something that that Trump is doing on our behalf. And, you know, picking up the ball, doing what our government has been unable to do, which is put pressure on the Chinese regarding these two prisoners languishing in a Chinese prison. Trump has taken it upon himself to push that agenda forward. And then later on, I guess he gets rewarded by having Junior rip him, you know, in some kind of ribbing way at at a function that he thought, you know, there was no cameras around. Let's listen to a little bit more about what Trump had to say. Now, I still more to do. to him recently, to be honest with you. I don't think he likes me so much anymore, but that's okay. Mr. President, uh, Canada does not meet the 2% standard. Should it have a plan to meet the 2% standard? Well, we'll put them on a payment plan. You know? <laughs> this is, I love that. Yeah, this good, Trump is going to put Canada on a payment plan because we're nowhere near that 2%. And now here's where it gets a little funky because, 
Junior appears to be trying to kiss Trump's ass and fudge by fudging the numbers, you know, trying to pull the wool over the president's eyes about the numbers in terms of our spending. And let's let's hear a little bit more on that. We'll put Canada on a payment plan, right? I'm sure the prime minister would love that. What are you at? What What is your number? Uh, the number we talk about is 70 percent increase uh, over these past years. A 70 percent increase? In military spending? What the hell are you talking <laughs> There's no way we're spending 70% more on military spending under these people. I mean, you know, I think these guys, the thing is, these guys are trying to include other things in military spending, you know? Like maybe they're trying to factor in the use of, uh, Ears of corn, you know, surface to air soybeans. I don't know where this guy is going in terms of raising our our spending on uh, on military. But let's let's hear a little bit more. Let's hear him dance around this number, uh, including and for the coming years, uh, including uh, re significant investments in our fighter jets, significant investments in our naval fleets. Uh, we are increasing significantly our defense spending. Yeah, we're, we're going to get a little bit of a reality check a little later on for, from the uh, the conservative critic on defense issues. Um, he's going to be on hand at the bottom of this hour, but let's hear a little bit more on that. Previous governments that cut it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everybody else cut. Where are you now? Uh, Where are you now? So, so Trump wants to know the... 35? 1.3. 1.4. 1.4. And, and continuing to move Okay, forward. that is a lie. <laughs> that is just a bald-faced lie. Yesterday I said I thought it was, off the top of my head, I thought it was about one and a quarter percent. That was a lot closer than what Junior had to say uh, yesterday during that news they, conference. They, they know it's important to do that. And their economy is doing well. They'll get there quickly, I think. And look, it's to their benefit. And the president knows well as well that Canada has been there for every NATO deployment. We have consistently stepped up, uh, sent our troops uh, into harm's way. We're leading in in Iraq. Uh, Really? Leading in Iraq? I I don't know, dude. (laughs) But but the point being that, you know, he's, he's clearly trying to appease Trump in front of the TV cameras, and then later on rips them over the length of these news conferences. Uh, but I love that thing about being put on a, on a payment plan. That is pretty funny. So here it is on worldwide TV, Trudeau kissing Trump's butt, fudging the numbers on, on our defense spending. And Trump uh, rips him a little bit on, uh, on military spending. I, don't th- I think he could have destroyed him, but he didn't. Let's hear a little bit more. Uh, we're leading in NATO in uh, in Latvia. Uh, we continue to step up, uh, like uh, uh, like uh, most of our allies. There are some countries that, even though they might reach the two percent, uh, don't step up nearly as much. And I think uh, it's important to look at what is actually being done. And the United States and all NATO allies know that Canada is a solid, reliable partner that will continue to defend NATO and defend our interests. And we do have tremendous coordination. With radar, so he's, he's making the nice there. That, you know, trying to make nice. We have tremendous coordination between Canada and the United States. So that's good. Yes, Mr. President, turn back to impeachment. All right. So there's, you know, they're making nice. I really like the fact that Trump uh, went out of his way to raise the issue of the two Michaels in in China. 
And you notice that Junior didn't even thank him. He should have said something about that. He should have said, look, we really appreciate your efforts. That would have been kind of the no-brainer thing. You know, if you want the guy to do more for you, well, you know, why don't you be nice to him? Why don't you say, look, uh, Mr. President, we really appreciate the fact that you are trying to pressure the Chinese on the issue of these two Canadians languishing in a Chinese prison because they're not certainly not listening to us. Maybe they'll listen to you. They're a lot more likely to listen to Trump than they are to listen to Justin Trudeau, I'll tell you that. But I mean, the fact that they were ripping Trump privately later on over a 40-minute news conference. Look, Junior, nobody's going to pay any attention to your meeting with the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. President of Latvia yesterday. <laughs> like the only time Trudeau's going to get any attention especially after that racist blackface controversy. You can you can dismiss it now if you want, but don't tell me that that wasn't on the minds of some people over there during this whole thing. And so, I, you know what? Nobody's going to care about what anything else you do in London. So the fact that you're ripping Trump, this is the only attention you're going to get is in this news conference with Trump. I don't think Trump gives a damn whether Trudeau shows up to these news conferences or not. And later on, he rips him over it, saying, oh, the 40 minutes. Wow. You know what? You know, there's rambling. Yeah, they are rambling news conferences, but nobody's forcing you to sit there. You know, you can, you don't have to go to these things. Anyway, so over drinks later on, they ripped them, and uh, it got it's it's all over the place today. And so, uh, as I said, Peter McKay is going to be on the show to uh, to chat a little bit about this latest uh, NATO clown show. I mean, look, I guess there is an aspect of comic relief that you can maybe attribute to this prime minister. But frankly, having an amateur and, and a complete buffoon steering our international relations is not helping our cause, um, as, especially as our citizens are imprisoned in China for the crime of being Canadian. Anyway, in hour two, we've got Graham Elson on the show. And, of course, uh, that'll be great because it's it's day two of the summit. And um, so it'll be interesting chatting with him, uh, especially in the aftermath of the London Bridge terror attack and its impact on the on the election out there. Now, it's just a little uh, – it's about a week away, so it's it's come fast. And so far, Boris Johnson, who was in on that little chat with Junior yesterday – I uh, seems to be doing pretty well. I doubt that that will have any kind of impact on on the election campaign. And of course, we also have uh, that devastating interview. We'll be chatting with Graham about that uh, with the woman who was who claims that she was sexually, I guess, assaulted 
as a 17-year-old during multiple sex acts with uh, Prince Andrew. That's that's all an hour too. Anyway, so so Trump's putting us on a on a payment plan. <laughs> I can't wait to get uh James Besson's uh, take on that one. He's the uh, Tory defense critic. He's going to be on hand at the bottom of the clock. So all that's coming your way. Lots going on uh, with Peter on the other side of this break. So do not go away. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number. 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk, Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk, so very glad you could join us on this edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. I am now joined live, uh, well, uh, he's in Toronto at the moment, so he's he's back home, sort of. I mean, I know Nova Scotia is kind of home, isn't it, Peter? I mean, it's... uh, Absolutely. It's hard to... Nova Scotia will always be home, Mark. (laughs) Exactly. But the uh, the former foreign affairs minister, defense minister, attorney general, justice minister, uh, Peter, you've seen this fiasco out of the NATO meeting. Uh, we we have the uh, the prime minister caught on a hot mic uh, making disparaging remarks, or certainly appearing to about uh, the the president of the United States, joking. Now this is this happened after a news conference he held in which uh, Trump made a point of saying, "Look, I've been trying to help your your country by trying to get uh, the two Spavor, uh, the Spavor and, and Kovrig, the two Michaels, out of a Chinese prison." Uh, there was no thank you there during that news conference, and then later on you have this incident. This is just amateur time, isn't it? Well, it certainly doesn't bode well for. Canada-U.S. relations, although I know that um, at a military-to-military level, business-to-business, council-to-council, we're going to be okay, but this doesn't help, especially when we still have the USMCA hanging in the balance. And let's not forget the reason that they're gathering. They're there to discuss NATO issues and uh, collective defense, celebrating 70 years of that organization, of which Canada is a founding member. But it reflects very poorly on the Prime Minister and the government that, uh, you know, that this type of thing happens. As you said, very amateurish. You have to be much more discreet. And look, the message that it sends the world is that there's acrimony within NATO. And that, again, uh, undermines the very purpose of this alliance. There was a whole issue of defense spending as well, where it appeared that the prime minister was fudging some of the numbers, suggesting that we spend currently 1.4% of our GDP. I, I don't think that number is accurate. And so to, to say that during a news conference, it appeared that he was trying to pull the wool over the president's eyes. I don't know what's going on, but clearly we're not spending that much money. And so it came at a time when we're, we've been taking our lumps a little bit because we appear not to be carrying our weight on military spending. Well, that's right. And that's been the impression, frankly, for some time. Um, During the Afghanistan conflict, we were ramping up fairly quickly and getting closer to that 2% of GDP that you're referencing here. But the Prime Minister did appear to be fudging the numbers and was going back and forth with with his officials. 
when you look on the NATO website, you get the actual number, and, and it's closer to 1.2, 1.3. And even getting at that number, Mark, it's important to know that this government, the current government, has taken to using a different calculation, including numbers from pensions, RCMP deployments, other government support um, that wouldn't classically be under the, the rubric of defense. And some of that has been disqualified by NATO, so the president has, and, and other presidents and other defense secretaries have been calling on all member states of NATO to get to that 2% of GDP, and everyone agreed to it back in 2014 at a NATO meeting in Wales. And yet, um, I think the number is 9 out of 20, uh, 9 out of 29 have actually reached the 2%, and Canada ranks 20th overall in that number, just below Poland and Denmark, and we're, we're not near 2%. In fact, we may be headed in the other direction. Do you have any concerns about Huawei? Uh, it came up again yesterday, and uh, just this whole issue of not making a decision just yet. The president is, appears to be quite cognizant of the fact that Canada seems to be on the fence. Uh, you know, it seems to be taking a lo- an awfully long time to decide that we don't want a 5G rollout uh, done by a company that's very much in the pocket of of the Chinese government. And so what's what's the delay here? Well, I think the delay is probably related to the issues around the prisoners in China, but also just a different attitude and a different comfort level, perhaps, that this government has with China. But you're, you're right to point out the security concerns around Huawei. The president highlighted them in that same press conference that we're talking about. We heard from his national security advisor, Robert O'Brien, at the Halifax Security Forum, who essentially said you, you, you can't have a Huawei system in place and expect that the intelligence sharing in the Five Eyes will continue. It also puts critical infrastructure at risk. It, it puts people's personal data. Um, we're, we're delaying what I would hope is the inevitable, and that is to say, no way. We're not. Yeah, you would think that would be a no-brainer. No-brainer. And yet it is a brainer. <laughs> and it, it makes you a little concerned that these guys are not going to do what they should be doing. Do you get the sense that secretly, if he had his druthers, that he didn't, that he wouldn't have to, that he wouldn't have to face the backlash from uh, the United States and other nations, that he would go with Huawei, that somehow he secretly kind of wants to? Well, you'll recall he famously said that he admires China's basic dictatorship and how they can turn their economy on a dime. Um, it does make you wonder about a lot of things and, and wonder, you know, if he is looking out for the national interest on such a critical uh, enabler for our security forces, but uh, more broadly, protecting people's information, protecting business information, uh, critical infrastructure. This is a massive, massive, impactful decision. And they're delaying it, and they appear to be still entertaining uh, Huawei coming in and, and taking over our 5G network, which would be an unmitigated disaster. Meantime, uh, we've said precious little about Hong Kong, even as 
the Americans, uh, through their Congress, both uh, the, the Senate and the House, uh, passed almost unanimously this bill supporting the freedom movement and uh, the fact that all these students need the support. You know, recently they had a, a big rally in Hong Kong. They were waving U.S. flags. They were singing the U.S. national anthem. Uh, grateful, obviously, with the fact that once Trump had signed off on this bill supporting uh, the the freedom movement in Hong Kong, nobody was singing uh, the Canadian national anthem, and I did, there was no Maple Leafs there. It was just quiet as a as, as a church mouse, like your like your grandma used to say. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, I would go so far as to say the same in terms of Canada's reaction to people being in the streets in Iran. And uh, you know, we profess to be this great defender of human rights, and we hector the world on how we do it in Canada. And yet at a critical moment, a very critical moment, we're, we're being silent and not showing solidarity with the people of Hong Kong or the people of Iran. And uh, that doesn't put us in a good place. It doesn't put us in that echelon of, uh, of countries who stand strong with people who, who need, need their support and, uh, or need our support at, at these moments. Yeah, and this buffoonery uh, at this NATO meeting in London doesn't help. I know you've got a, a function uh, in Toronto at the moment that you've got to go to, so we've got to let you go. But we thank you very much uh, once again for, for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thanks. All right, that's Peter McKay. He's a former foreign affairs minister, former defense minister, former attorney general, a former justice minister. And uh, always great chatting with with Peter about what's going on in the world. We'll be back with more, uh, including a meeting with the uh, with the critic uh, with the Conservative Party. Uh, He's got some thoughts as well about what happened in in NATO yesterday and that the NATO meeting in London yesterday. So uh, stick around for that. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number. 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program. Heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk. So very glad you could join us on this edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. Lots coming up, including uh, London Calling with uh, Graham Elson, who, of course, is in London. So... uh, 
right um, at ground zero of this latest uh, boondoggle. And now I guess the uh, the New York Times has weighed in. They've got a story, and uh, it's it's not good news. <laughs> it's not good news. It's pretty. Uh, Justin Trudeau is two faced, says Donald Trump, of comments caught on video. So this is typical of Trump. He doesn't wait. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't pull his punches. Boom. This is the story in the, in the New York Times. The leaders of Canada, France, and Britain did not appear to realize their conversation in Buckingham Palace uh, at the reception hall was being recorded. And uh, as a result, uh, those comments were captured on video. And uh, sure enough, Trump has come back and said uh, that that Trudeau is two-faced. You'll remember, it wasn't long after Trump was elected that they had uh, a tiff in in which uh, Trump... Uh, left the, the G7 meeting. It was uh, in Quebec at the time. And uh, he, he suggested that Justin Trudeau was dishonest. Uh, that's what he referred to him as dishonest and weak. And uh, so we, we've got uh, James, Bezan, James Bazan. Am I pronouncing your name correctly, sir? Yeah, Bazan. Yep. James Bazan, he is the uh, critic, the defense critic on behalf of the Conservative Party of Canada. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me on the show, Mark. Well, this is quite a mess we've got now, because uh, you, you want to weigh in on this uh, on this boondoggle? I, I just say it's unbelievable that, uh, you know, here Trudeau should be uh, extremely um, statesmanlike, knowing that we're not hitting the uh, NATO GDP uh, target of 2%. Um, you know, we had... Uh, Trump yesterday said that Canada was slightly delinquent when it came down to our collective security, and Trudeau turns around, and like a teenage boy at a frat party after school, you know, he's sitting here uh, gossiping with other leaders and gets caught. And uh, is there any reason why, you know, Trump would react the way he is? Because it's happened before, as you just pointed out. So uh, being called two-faced is definitely a a real uh, slap in the face uh, for for Trudeau, and it's an embarrassment for Canada because here again um, we're insulting uh, our biggest protector, our uh, major country that we're trying to close a trade deal with here in the closing uh, days of this uh, year, and uh, Trudeau is is sitting here uh, lacking the gravitas and and, uh, being immature when when it comes to our international relationships, particularly with the United States. Yeah, you make an excellent point, James, because uh, here's a guy we should actually be quite thankful to, because Trump came out yesterday, made a point of saying, look, I raised this issue with the two Michaels, uh, Kovrig and Spavor, in, languishing in a Chinese prison. I raised that strongly with the Chinese. I mean, he probably did more to try and get our people out of that prison than our own government. And then on top of it all, they continue to to carry the the large the the lion's share of our defense needs, you know, protecting us. We we have yet to come close to that number that we need to because of course it appeared that the prime minister was fudging the numbers. He said we were at 1.4% at one point. He said that our defense spending was up 70% if I if I heard him correctly. Well, those numbers don't appear to be correct at all. And then later on to get caught slagging the president. It really does not look good for us, does it? No, just a, a lack of... Um 
appreciation of the relationship that we enjoy with the United States. Uh, and again, you know, I've always said, you know, people always tell me, you know, you know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he's he's young. He'll 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 grow into the job. Look at this guy's in his late forties. He's just immature. So let's be very clear about this, and that um, he he's not helping our international relationships. You know, he needs to be at this NATO meeting, being honest. And as you just pointed out, he's saying we're at one point four. In reality, we're at one point three. Uh, and those numbers, as was pointed out in reports earlier this week. Um, the Liberals have now taken our defense spending and have thrown everything in there, uh, except maybe the kitchen sink, in calculating how much we're spending on national defense. It includes things uh, from foreign affairs, it includes things from the RCMP, it includes uh, veterans' pensions and disposal benefits uh, uh, for, for, for veterans as well. And so when you start adding in uh, these numbers that have never been part of the calculation in the past, uh, you have to really dig down to find out where the numbers are at. And there's some numbers saying that uh, we're not going up, we're actually in decline and, and overall defense spending, and we, we by 2030, um, may only be at 1%. Uh, so that is just going to fear, uh, further infuriate the, the Americans. And we've got to remember that this discussion about burden sharing started in 2014 under Obama. So the United States in general is getting tired of being the world's policeman, being tired of being big brother and, and protecting uh, all of Europe and Canada. Uh, so we uh, have to step up and do more. It's only the uh, reasonable and responsible. Yeah, he even took a shot at uh, the Harper government saying that you guys were, were cutting. At one point, I don't know if you remember, during his exchange with Trump during that news conference, he said, no, we're up 70 percent. Our spending is up 70 percent. Not like the last guys. They were cutting. (laughs) Everybody continues to forget that during uh, the war in Afghanistan, our spending was actually uh, up at uh, 1.7, 1.8 percent. And today's spending in real dollars is only coming up to the levels that we spent back in, uh, in, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012. Do you think the prime minister should apologize to Donald Trump, to, to the president, uh, for what happened yesterday? W- would this be a prudent course of action on his part, or do you just kind of ignore it, go home? Uh, how would you handle it at this point? Oh, I, I think an apology is in order. Um, this was all said and done uh, and pushed out on, on uh, the news. It, it's, it's a public embarrassment, so it requires uh, uh, public contrition. Uh, so, but knowing Trudeau, I doubt he'd do that very, very much. He, the last thing he likes to do is, is apologize for his own gaffes. Uh, so I think we're looking more at him, uh, you know, sticking his head in the sand and, and trying to get on a plane and, and, and get home uh, without uh, further damaging Canada's relationships with our allies. I mean, we need the Americans right now. We've got a tiff with the Chinese going on. You know, you know, we need to get these two prisoners out of China. Uh, the United States, of course, uh, is involved in, in an extradition proceeding with uh, Meng Wanzhou. So that's coming up. There's a lot of issues. And, of course, we've got trade issues with with China as well. They've, they've been treating us like a, you know, like a, a punching bag uh, since December when uh, when we arrested her uh, at the airport in Vancouver. I mean, we need our friends right now. But look what's going on. We're, we've alienated everybody from the Philippines to the Saudis, to the Japanese, to the Americans. 
it just it's just you know we were supposed to be back. Remember that when when Justin Trudeau won, he stood on the world stage and and he said Canada is back. I mean, back at the what? Back at the back of the line, maybe. I mean, you know, back the back of the room. I mean, it's just, it's just like one fiasco after another. And so, you know, whenever this guy does finally leave, you know, it's going to take a lot of work for whoever forms the next government and whoever is the next prime minister of this country to try and cobble together all these relationships that have been so frayed under this government. I can tell you that it's going to take a lot of uh, hard work. We're going to have to roll up our sleeves. Uh, there's going to be so much um, international reputation to repair uh, after, you know, this, this global embarrassment that we have called Justin Trudeau. Um, so we have, have a big job ahead of us. And we also have to you know, remember, first and foremost, that Canada's reputation on the world stage was, was built on the shoulders of our veterans and our troops. And Trudeau continues to um, ignore the needs of our soldiers, continues to delay and dither on procurement projects. Uh, we're over budget and behind schedule on just about everything that, that they've touched uh, since they've come to power four years ago. And as you pointed out, we have a real um, problem with China uh, from trade, from human rights abuses, from them uh, uh, imprisoning uh, Canadians, from them wanting to bring their 5G uh, Huawei network here, which the U.S. and other 5 I nations are saying is a huge security risk, which, again, may damage our reputation and our uh, ability to protect ourselves if we're not part of that 5 I community. And never mind Russia uh, and, and their, um, I guess, uh, I always like, like to confer, 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 look at Putin as somebody that, that has those imperialistic ambitions of Russia, of reestablishing the empire, and what we see in Ukraine, what we see along NATO's eastern flank, and what we see happening in the militarization of Russia's Arctic. Again, Canada needs to step up. The United States is not going to sit back and let us not protect the Arctic, because they're vulnerable up there as well. And we have to work in, in, in hand in glove with the Americans. And when we have Trudeau insulting Trump and getting caught doing it, um, those types of um, you know missteps and, and gaffes are really going to damage us long term. On the Huawei situation, I'm glad you brought that up because I was just speaking with Peter McKay about it. And it, there's a sense of concern here. This this thing dragging on, isn't it a no-brainer to say no to China and Huawei? I mean, considering the security risk that has been highlighted by our our colleagues in the Five Eyes, uh, New Zealand, uh, Australia, UK, um, the United States. I mean, other countries seem to be aware of what a danger this represents, and yet here we are dragging this thing out. I mean, is there a danger that this guy could end up doing the wrong thing and inviting Huawei into further into our country to to uh, to get involved with this all important rollout of our five G network? Yeah, Trudeau and, and the Liberals have been completely naive when it has come down to our national security. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
I just hope it's not uh, treated as a, a quid pro quo where uh, you know, we get our prisoners back and then, you know, in exchange for <laughs> allowing Huawei to, to roll out its network. I mean, that's just that's just blackmail. I, I mean, I, I sincerely hope it doesn't come down to that. And yet with these guys, you really don't know. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's a little yeah. scary. But that's a game that they play, and so, and you know, we've lost billions of dollars in trade. Uh, agriculture commodities have been uh, a favorite target of, of the Chinese. Um, they'd rather allow their own citizens to go out with uh, high-quality food products that we produce here in Canada, like canola and like pork, like beef, and um, and they're don't hesitate to take innocent people and throw them behind bars to send a message. Um, so you know. I just wish that, that uh, we'd get to a point where we know what we're doing with, with uh, Ms. Ming and whether or not she's being extradited or sent back to China. Um, why this has taken 12 months is beyond me. And at the same time, uh, we have a, a government that I'm hoping that uh, our new foreign minister, Champagne, uh, will not be an appeaser like we saw in Stephen Dion when he was in that, that, that role. Um, because when it comes to dealing with China, when it comes to dealing with Russia, uh, we have to play hardball. Uh, we have to take strong stance and um, rely on our allies. And as long as we have Trudeau undermining those relationships with NATO uh, leaders, um, that, that's going to make it more and more difficult for us to have uh, any gravitas when it comes to uh, these serious discussions uh, with other countries. Yeah, it would be nice to, to hear a little bit more on Hong Kong, not only from the government, but from your party and all parties in the House right now. You know, we need to stand up for these people. Uh, they are in a pitched battle for their freedoms in Hong Kong. We've just recently had the Americans uh, pass a, a bill in, in Congress signed off by the president uh, expressing support for the people of Hong Kong in their ongoing battle to hold on to their freedoms and, and what levels of, of independence that they now enjoy. And boy, it would sure be awfully nice to see Canada step up to the plate. I agree. It's been uh, rather quiet. Uh, you know, we didn't hear anything. The very first statement about Hong Kong that came from the new cabinet actually was a press statement that came from Global Affairs. It didn't even come from Minister Champagne. 
So that uh, is very disconcerting. Uh, of course, we're just finally, after you know, a, almost a six-month break, getting back to business here on Parliament Hill. Uh, the House opens tomorrow. We'll finally be able to ask these questions of the government and uh, see what the, their real response is to the brutality uh, that has been experienced by the innocent protesters in, in Hong Kong. All right. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. That uh, This is uh, James Bazan, the uh, the shadow minister for national defense, coming to us. Where are you right now? Are I'm you... up on the hill. You're on the hill. You're in Ottawa. I'm Perfect. In Ottawa. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Really, really do appreciate this today. Uh, my pleasure, Mark. Anytime. James Bazan, shadow minister for uh, national defense. And uh, we'll be back with more news talk. Oh, uh, the boss has given me a finger in the air saying, oh, not that finger. She's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, you know, what can I tell you? I mean, it's it's one thing after another here. We're about 15 minutes away from uh, London calling. So we're going to take you, we're going to wing you across the uh, the pond to uh, to Sussex, England, to chat with Graham. And uh, who knows who else might uh, might get, be giving us a call. So stay with stay with us. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number. 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk, so very glad you could join us. I'll tell you, this this whole thing with uh, now, uh, it's, it's gotten back to Trump, and uh, he is now responding to this video that has gone viral. And notice he's he's taking shots directly at Trudeau. He's not really slamming uh, Boris Johnson or even Macron. And he and Macron have had a very testy exchange. But, you know, I'll tell you one thing about that. Because, yeah, they had a testy exchange during their news conference yesterday. But it was like uh, it was out in the open. You know, clearly there are differences between these two men, these two leaders. And uh, they went back and forth, and there was some ribbing, and uh, there was a bit of uh, of criticism leveled at each other, where at one point uh, Trump was saying, well, yeah, well, do you want some nice ISIS people? You know, we'll put them on a plane, send them to France. You know, stuff like that. And Trump also uh, taking shots at the French economy. But that's largely over the trade issue, the, the ongoing trade issues between those two, because now Trump threatening France with $2.4 billion in tariffs on wine and, and French cheeses and all these types of products that, that Americans enjoy, that Canadians enjoy for that matter. But it, that's in response to a French move to tax American companies like Google. And yeah, they happen to be tech companies and global conglomerates, uh, Facebook, Twitter, these, these types of firms, Amazon, but uh, Trump's point yesterday was, well, you know, these are American companies. If you're going to go after them, then we're going to go after you. So that's the nature of the tiff between France and America right now. The point being that it was out in the open, that those two are having it out. 
on uh, on TV. And so yesterday when you know they this thing went on this little bit of backstabbing, this little bit of uh wow ribbing, if you want to call that. This is the kind of stuff that happens, you know, all the time. It just happened to have been captured on video. And so what did Trump do? He took a shot at at Trudeau. He was not taking a shot at uh, at Macron or even Boris Johnson, who happened to be there just listening, because I think that whole exchange began when Boris Johnson was asking Macron, so I, you know, what happened? You were late. And Macron, and then as Macron was answering, Trudeau butted in and saying, well, he had to put up with that 40-minute you know, rambling uh, news conference, press conference by uh, by Trump. That's basically where he was going with that. And then taking another shot at him, saying, uh, well, yeah, you should have seen Trump's handlers, you know, their jaws hitting the floor. So it was clearly Trudeau who was the instigator. He was the one carrying the ball on all that. And so when it came down to responding to that video, Trump wasn't taking shots at Boris Johnson. He wasn't taking shots at even Macron, with whom he had clear differences in that news conferences conference earlier. No, he was he was calling out Justin Trudeau. He was asked about the video today, and Trump said of the Canadian Prime Minister, the New York Times story calls him the Premier, the Canadian Prime Minister, quote, well, he's two-faced. And the story goes on to say he claimed that uh, Mr. Trudeau's comments were a reaction to pressure on Canada to increase military spending to reach the target set by NATO, 2% of his GDP. And then Trump went on to say, well, he should be paying more than he's paying, said Mr. Trump. I can imagine he's not happy, but that's the way it is. So the story goes on to say that uh, Trudeau does not mention Trump by name during the exchange uh, in which the Canadian leader appears to be discussing the day's bilateral meetings. But clearly, he's ripping Trump. So is there... Actually, yeah, and then it goes on to describe Trudeau's comments. You just watch his team's jaws drop to the floor. So it's, yeah, it's, the, it's this kind of amateurish, gossipy sort of, I don't know, childish behavior. Yeah, I suppose, like I said, there is some comic relief there. <laughs> you take what you can out of this guy's foreign relations lack of prowess or performance. <laughs> but uh, Trudeau says on another point, so Mr. Macron is seen participating animatedly in the conversation, but his comments cannot be heard. And Mr. Johnson is seen smiling just go, moving on with the uh, New York Times story, none of the world leaders seem to realize that the conversation is being recorded. Mr. Trump was put on the defensive Tuesday by Mr. Macron during a tense 45-minute appearance, aggressively challenged the American president's vision for NATO. Mostly that's about Turkey. But I think really getting back to this trade issue, that is what's troubling Macron, I think. He wants to level this tax, this big digital tax on these companies, and Trump is pushing back, and Macron doesn't like it. And also, Macron is in a lot of difficulty, politically speaking. You can say the same thing about Trump, I suppose, although he appears at this point headed for victory. But Macron is, a, is facing huge pushback, 
and uh, in, in his own native France on issues like Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Like immigration. Right now, he's actually... So Trudeau is actually speaking right now to reporters at the NATO summit in London. And I'm going to try to call up that uh, that news conference because, as we heard from, from, uh, from the Tory shadow critic, uh, there should be some kind of critic, apology rather, coming from Justin Trudeau. I mean, just looking at his face, it appears that he's being somewhat contrite. But I have no idea what's coming out of the guy's mouth. And so, you know, should he apologize? I think he should. I think it was stupid what he did. Whoa. Uh, We didn't need that drum hit, but (laughs) thanks for the air cleaning. Uh, My fault. My bad. We're just trying to get uh, this this news conference as uh, Justin Trudeau speaks to reporters at the NATO summit in London. This is, of course, day two of the summit, last day. And so if, if Trudeau has any sense of uh, class at all, he will reach out to the president. He will have called uh, Trump by now and said, look, it was the beer talking, whatever he was. He was clearly drinking, having a good old laugh at Trump's expense. But, um, you know, he should apologize. I think that's the right thing to do. Now, will he do that? I have no idea. Is he going to entertain uh, many questions from uh, the media? Well, he should because, and the reporters, they. All right, let's hear. It. This is this is uh, Justin Trudeau. All right, he's talking in French. Right? Oh, he's talking about the historic significance of of NATO. This is, of course, the 70, 70th anniversary, and uh, as was noted by Peter McKay, of course, Canada was a founding member. He's talking about future collab- collaboration with, uh, with the NATO alliance. It's more and more important. But over the past 70 years, we've also seen a significant increase in prosperity for the world. And that security and that prosperity definitely go together. Because when citizens are confident that they are protected and cared for, when they're confident about their economic abilities and their security, everything goes better. And now we're facing a time in a world where there are disruptions and new challenges and new threats, both economically and around security, and citizens are anxious. And that's why it's on us as leaders and as an alliance to be thoughtful and engaged in meeting these new challenges. Well, what happened yesterday wasn't very thoughtful. 
challenges like <laughs> climate change, like sifting cent- shifting centers of power and new disruptive elements, or cyber threats, terrorism, or a range of other things that Canadians and citizens of the world are very aware are challenges. They want to see our leaders strong, united, and engaged to solve. Well, that wasn't strong and engaging yesterday, was it? What we saw here today and what we've seen over these past two year, two days. Canada remains steadfast in its support of NATO 70 years after its creation. We stand with our allies in unity as we face the challenges of the future. Once again, thank you. All right, let's see if he takes some questions. Uh, Prime Minister, this morning when you approached President Trump before the meeting, did you apologize to him for your remarks last night at Buckingham Palace? And if so, what was his response? We had uh, a great meeting yesterday uh, between uh, uh, me and the President. We talked about the kinds of things that uh, really matter to Canadians, whether it's how we've been moving forward on NATO, uh, whether the uh, the progress being made and NAFTA is going to continue, uh, which we're confident it will. Uh, we talked about the challenges of China, and we also uh, talked about a few things. Uh, last night I made a reference to the fact that uh, there was an unscheduled press conference uh, before my meeting with uh, President Trump, and I was happy to take part of it, uh, but it was certainly notable. And I've had a number of good conversations with the President over the course of this uh, this, uh, this day and yesterday. Okay. Uh, you, uh, no apology. Okay, so there you go. Here you, here's the president of the United States causing this guy, calling this guy two-faced. And all he wants to talk about is the great meeting that they had. So what does that tell you? It means that there was no apology. At least I didn't, I didn't hear one there. So he says he had many conversations with with Trump. He started when you told uh, President Macron and Prime Minister Johnson that you saw Trump's team of advisors' jaws drop yesterday. What were you referring to? What was it that caused that surprise uh, among them? We were all uh, surprised and I think pleased to learn that the next G7 will be uh, at Camp David. Uh, I think that was an unscheduled announcement. And, okay, that uh, is a bald-faced lie. The, the jaw drop was had nothing to do with Camp David. Every now and then uh, have uh, their jaws drop at uh, unscheduled surprises like uh, that video itself, for example. Prime Minister Lee Berthium, Canadian Press. What value did you see for Canada in talking about President Trump behind his back that way? I think uh, we recognize that uh, there are, uh, as we talk to uh, G7 leaders, an interest in where the next G7 uh, meeting is going to be. Uh, and I was pleased to share with them uh, the story of how that came about, that we are uh, going to be gathering, apparently, in uh, Camp David in, uh, in, the, uh, in the coming year for the G7 meeting. And how do you respond to those who say you may have jeopardized USMCA, other bilateral relations with the U.S. with your comments, and will you be more careful in the future? Uh, the relationship we have with the United States uh, is uh, an extraordinarily important and effective one. Uh, we have renegotiated uh, NAFTA to be a, a better deal for Canadians, for Americans, and for Mexicans. Uh, we're I mean, he was just called two-faced by the, by the President of the United States, and... I hope one of those reporters is aware of that New York Times story. The relationship between Canada and the United States is extremely strong, uh, and I have a very good relationship with President Trump and his team. 
Well, you were just called two-faced by the CBC by Trump. Did you feel put on the spot yesterday when President Trump asked you precisely how much Canada was spending in terms of GDP uh, on uh, defense and uh, also his characterization right. of Canada as slightly delinquent when it comes to defense spending? Well, I think we, we saw from last year at NATO that this is a, a concern the United States uh, legitimately has, that every country needs to step up in different All right, ways. well, CBC... Uh, Diverted from you know what this goes beyond spending here. This is this goes this speaks to the fact that we have a prime minister that has been now been called weak, dishonest, and two faced by the president of the United States. I got to take a quick time out, and we're going to London Calling with Graham Elson right after this. So don't go away. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Yes, it's that time again. As we wing across the pond to with Graham Elson. London calling. Yeah, boys and girls. All right. It is, of course, the day two of the NATO uh, NATO conference. Uh, Graham, welcome to the show once again. It's uh, always a pleasure chatting with you and uh, lots of activity in London these days. Yes, everything seems to be bad happening seems to be happening in London, doesn't it? With the, the NATO conference and the humiliation of um, your, your um, president or prime minister. We have a prime and, minister, um, yeah. Everything else was going on last week with the London Bridge attack, so it's not been a great week for London. No, and you're in the midst of an election campaign on top of everything else. <laughs> but, uh, here's my issue with what happened with uh, with Trudeau, who was embarrassed, clowned himself. He was having a little chat with, of course, Boris Johnson was part of that little tête-à-tête, as was uh, Emmanuel Macron, and the three of them were chatting. And uh, Trudeau made some disparaging remarks about the president, his staff. And then he got caught because the whole thing was hot mic'd. Uh, somebody was re- recording the whole thing. Yeah, it was embarrassing for him. It must have been absolutely but, an awful moment for him. It you was, know, uh, yeah, you, you would think. What you say in these um, diplomatic kind of this, this is in the Buckingham Palace, of course. Uh, yeah. So you have to be very careful what you're, you're saying because everybody's mic'd up normally, and it, it, the mics are turned on and off. You know, when they're being interviewed, but obviously somebody forgot to turn his off. Well, it was video. I mean, somebody was th- standing there with a camera, maybe probably like, yeah. and just, <laughs> I mean, good for that individual. It was a quite a quite a good little get. But uh, yeah. you, you would think that Trudeau would be embarrassed, but he's not. It doesn't seem like he is. He didn't. He hasn't apologized yeah. to President Trump over that, you know. Yeah. And now, of course, he's being called two faced. Well, but, he's been called two faced by by um, uh, Donald Trump, and also um, we've just seen that apparently um, the American president has walked out of a, um, a NATO summit when uh, when um, spoken to about this. Uh, this incident. So he's, it's not gone down well. It could have been better if it was just a little bit more diplomatic. Wait, go, wait, back up a little bit. There was an incident in which people walked out on whom exactly? They walked uh, out. I think it was um, Donald Trump walked out on a on a on a um, an interview, a NATO a NATO summit interview after Trudeau. It was this morning. Yes. Wow. 
you know, this is just, so you know, it, it would, here's, but, here's but, my, as you know, um, Mr. Trump is not the most um, tolerant of people. He's, no, he's, you know, th- he's thin skinned. Skinned and, you know, uh, takes, takes criticism to heart perhaps a little bit too much. But, but you know, know what? He was respectful during that, in, during that news conference when he spoke about the fact he's been helping Canada out. We have two prisoners in China and he's, he's taken it upon himself to help out. He, he didn't absolutely have to do that. But you know what? It would, have, it would have taken nothing for Trudeau to pull the president aside and say, look, I screwed up. You know, we had a couple of pints, a couple of glasses of wine. I got a little silly yesterday. Yep. I apologize. And then go on and, and, uh, and a few minutes ago and say, yeah, I did apologize to the president. I was wrong. And, uh, you know, let's, let's move on from here. It would have taken nothing for him to do that. And yet this guy seems absolutely incapable of it. But well, anyway, probably come out, out of it a lot better if he just come clean. And, and as you say, manned up and apologized, uh, you know, when, when the drink's flowing in Buckingham Palace. Exactly. Campaign, I would have thought, you know, it can happen. I, wine. So, you know, it loosens people's tongues. And he thought, he thought is, you know, is what he was saying is confidential, but obviously not. Yeah, not apologizing to me is the issue now. You know, not yeah. coming clean. But I want but to tell you, we've got... And apologize and move on. And exactly, you know, exactly. Apologize and that's it, but it's not happening. But now he's going to make matters even worse. But let's uh, t- lots going on in in the UK. You're in the midst of an election. You're about what a week away. It's uh, December the 12th, correct? And uh, Boris yes. Johnson yep. still ahead uh, in the in the polls. A week tomorrow, yes. The Conservatives are uh, still ahead, but um, the the lead is narrowing a little bit. And uh, but we shall see. Uh, yeah. All we need now is. Uh, just them to hold their lead and hopefully hopefully they get through with a, a reasonable working majority, yeah. possibly 50 or 60 seats. So we just hope that right. uh, we hope that um, the Conservatives and Boris Johnson maintain their lead because the alternative would be um, unthinkable, shall we well, say. Well, absolutely. Uh, it has... I think Mark, Mark's is in, uh, oh, 10. far left. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn is just way out in left field. But let's talk uh, Brexit. Let's talk. Uh, <clears throat> well, the the uh, the London uh, the bridge uh, uh, terror attack. Terrible yeah. thing. Terrible last, thing. Uh, last week, very unfortunate. Yeah. As, um, as you know, committed by um, a um, convicted terrorist that was let out halfway through his jail sentence, uh, and convinced the parole officers and. Um, jail chiefs that he was um, reformed and uh, wanted to be uh, rehabilitated. And there were dozens of others, apparently, that have also been released? Well, yes. It's, it's, you know, there's many, it's, I think there's hundreds that have been released early, but um, you know, many of them have tags, you know, GPS tags, and they've all been saying, the reason why they get released is because they are able to convince the powers that be, probably the parole, uh, the parole boards, that uh, they are uh, willing to reform or they have reformed and they want to be rehabilitated. This chap, um, um, Osman Khan, who did the, did the murders, uh, was actually attending a uh, rehabilita- criminal rehabilitation uh, conference in a hall called the Fishmongers Hall in the uh, City of London. Uh, and the poor two, the two, two folks who uh, died... Um, Jessica Jones and she's, I think so now pronounce it and Jack Mer- uh, Merritt uh, were both in that conference. They were both campaigners for rehabilitation and reform and uh, prison reform. So they were they were really trying to help people rehabilitate themselves, and they ended up paying the price with their lives for their association with it all, which is extremely 
to say the least, unfortunate. Yeah, really tough, really, really tough. But you've got but that with the novel. You heard about the novel um, Spike. No, what's, Spike. Uh, what's that about? Well, he had a sp- he was tackling this um, Usman Khan with a great big long. Um, you know the narwhals, the, the, the uh, fish. They're like swordfish. They have long, long horns. Okay. You know those narwhals. They have them in uh, coast around Canada. They they have a long spike coming out of the front of their head. Okay. Yes, I've got. They, this is taken <laughs> from a water off off the hall and. Um, Fishmonger's Hall, and that was used to tackle this uh, terrorist who was being prodded with this you know, six-foot pole, which was a, oh my gosh. like a horn of a, a fish. Well, how did I miss that one? No, oh, well, <laughs> look at it, you see it on the video anyway. Let's oh, let's talk uh, Prince Andrew. Uh, oh. Really, it just, it just gets it just goes from bad to worse for for Prince. That interview <laughs> is just devastating. Now, but I, I can't really. Uh, yes, he uh, Monday night saw a, a blockbuster interview on the BBC with uh, who used to be known as Virginia Roberts, now uh, Virginia Guffrey. Uh, she came, you know, she was able to put her side of the story, and uh, she came across very credibly, uh, even though. Prince Andrew tonight of a meeting, as she described in detail, several meetings she had with uh, Prince Andrew and uh, her encounters with him. So, um, and uh, it was a very uh, sad, sad interview all round. Really, you could just see this person was definitely being exploited, at least by Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Elaine Maxwell, and uh, she was just used as a. Uh, just as a toy for for appears to be for the rich and famous, including our wonderful Prince Andrew. My gosh, it was it was a devastating. She, she was uh, very credible. I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, he has continued to deny uh, these suggestions, and I guess that's what his yeah, community. Well, during the course of this program, the funny thing um, emerged is that. Uh, there was, email, there was an email sent by Prince Charles inquiring about, uh, this is several years ago, I think 2005 or six, inquiring about uh, Virginia Roberts. He was, he was inquiring to Ghislaine Maxwell, saying, what do you know about this girl and we need to talk about her? So he obviously knew her because it's it a documented email that was sent. I wonder why. Well, they, and then he denies us ever meeting her, so it's a bit strange. I wonder why. He has an extremely short memory, perhaps. I wonder why they didn't try to buy her off somehow. I mean, it's not well, like he's short of money. Yeah, it's a bit late now. They weren't able to do that, but uh, they were, they were, it, it's all becoming tight, beginning to unravel for for Prince Andrew, and I think he's just going to keep a low profile. And he's already had talks with Prince Charles, who's told him to to um, just keep in the background, and his his raw duties are going to be over for, at least for the foreseeable future, which, in my view, will be quite a long time, really. But it's a black eye for the entire royal family, though, isn't it? I mean, oh, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been, well, most of them behave extremely well. The Queen has really um, been a wonderful leader for Britain, and she's never put a foot wrong, really. She's always kept her views to herself, and, you know, despite being well into her 90s, she's out doing um, lots of a, lots of uh, engagement and appointments and uh, still duties. So she's she's a you know she's been great for Britain, but some of her her children uh, have not not followed her example particularly. You know, wow. in the way she's sort of put herself put duty first and herself second. Uh, in her, you know, particularly Andrew, he's he just enjoyed the high life and uh, used his position to. Uh, you know, 
it is said that he's used his vision to make contacts for his own business purposes and, and uh, financial gain, which is now emerging as well. Things well, he's negotiated privately with people using his contacts. Yeah, absolutely. And just he just it just shows how out of touch these people are. Like what he said uh, in that interview with the BBC. Well. Even at, staying at uh, the Epstein residence, even after it came out that Epstein was involved in sex trafficking, uh, he said, "Well, it was just convenient, you know, to stay at." The <laughs> that was yeah, the it took him five ba- five days to say goodbye to him. That's ironic, isn't it? Being too honourable, you have to go and stay with a uh, a convicted felon for five days, you know, because he's honourable. It says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. So we'll get a chance to chat uh, either a little bit before or maybe on the day of the election next week, hopefully. Yes, no problem at all. Yeah, maybe Wednesday or whenever. Okay. I can be out busy voting on, on Thursday. Well, that won't take too long. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, no problem. Enjoy uh, your election. I guess you're ramping up and it's getting close to close to the day. I our election, but I'll only be pleased when it's all over. <laughs> thank you so much. My pleasure. Graham Bye-bye. Elson. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. You're listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number. 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk, so very glad you could join us on this edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. Good time to call if you've uh, got any thoughts about uh, the... (laughs) The show we've had, it's been a it's been a good one. But wow, I mean, every day is, is pretty good. But uh, man, we've had a ton of good content today. Great interviews. Uh, but uh, it would mean nothing without you. And uh, I, I did promise Praveen, who's uh, our marketing uh, person here, that I would say something nice about Justin Trudeau today. Right, right, Kelsey. I and I I have something nice. Okay, this a statement from the Prime Minister that was released today on the launch of the Christmas lights across Canada. Uh, I'm going to read the first sentence. The Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, today issued the following statement on the launch of the 35th edition of the Christmas lights across Canada. Uh, Whatever it is, Christmas lights, it's cool. Sounds good. Which uh, will run in Canada's capital region until January the 7th. Tonight, Parliament Hill and Confederation Park will transform into a dazzling festive wonderland for the opening of Christmas lights across Canada. Quote, for three decades, the colorful light show has captured people's hearts as they gather to enjoy a truly Canadian holiday experience. You know what? I feel like we need some we need some uh, Christmas music for that. Don't we? I mean, something, some happy holidays music. Uh, let's see if I can whip something up here. Uh, uh, what does it sound like? Let's hear some audio. Let's hear some Christmas music. 
Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, this is Luke. Rufus Wainwright. Yikes, that's uh, boring. All right. Yes, Mariah Carey. Are you kidding? No. No. Kelsey is saying no. No. I've had to hear this song in every single uh, shopping center I've entered in the past two weeks. It's the only thing I think they play. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well. Oh my All God! Right, I tell you what, let's let's keep it in the background while I read this. Uh, I was thinking just like your standard issue mall music, you know, you know that kind of stuff. Um. Anyway, so that's Mariah Carey, and uh, you know what, Mariah, this is huge. This has had so many listens on Spotify. But as I as I was saying, I was going to say something nice about Justin Trudeau. And I promised this to Praveen. So here we are. All right. Yes, the Prime Minister Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, today issued the following statement. Tonight, Parliament Hill and Confederation Park will transform into a dazzling festive wonderland for the opening night of Christmas lights across Canada. For three decades, over three decades, the colorful light show has captured people's hearts as they gather to enjoy a truly Canadian holiday experience. Every night for the next month, thousands of lights will shine in Canadian capitals from coast to coast to coast, reminding us that the spirit of the season and all that brings us together as a country. So there you go. So... You, what is it that I'm saying nice about Justin Trudeau? The fact that they're still using the word Christmas in these releases. And don't... Listen, are you kidding me? That's huge. Because Christmas has become a dirty word in so many institutions. And uh, we've got Dave on the line. Dave, I bet you want me to get rid of this Mariah Carey music, too, just like Kelsey does. Yeah, and stop saying nice things about Justin Trudeau. Okay? Stop lying. <laughs> He's the biggest fraud we've ever had. Please, don't well, say nothing nice about him. Oh, my gosh. Well, truth I... And let everyone realize what he is. Because you know what I feel like right now? I feel like, do you remember when Kathleen Wynne moved the gas plant out of Mississauga? Oh, yes. And everyone thought she was the greatest? Yep. I feel like I'm reliving that dream. Or should I say nightmare? Except that was very, very expensive in the end. But here's my thing about this whole thing that happened. Uh, as I'm watching, it's on TV. It's it just speaks. Why doesn't he, why doesn't why doesn't he just come clean and apologize to Trump? Just pull him aside and say, "Look, I screwed up. I had a couple of pops. We were having a few laughs. Uh, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry." And then come, go public and say, "Look, you know, I was I was offside with my comments, and uh, I want to uh, I want to say that I'm sorry to the president of the United States. I screwed up." And uh, let's let's leave this uh, behind. That's all it would take. People would think, yeah, you know what? Good guy. You know, good for you for for owning up to it. Does he do it? No. That is really what bugs me the most out of this whole episode. No, you know what bugged me even more? It sounded like his blackface apology. Same thing. Yeah, that's true. Same thing. Yeah, I was like, sorry, you're upset. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's like one of these non-apologies. I mean, of all people who has no business being arrogant, you know, he, here's a guy with very little background, very little education. Mean, he does have he's educated, but I mean, you know, to the degree he has very little experience. But uh, he has the name, and he has the cash, so he got into the position he has. You know, here's somebody who could stand to be a little humble, and so when he drops the ball, which is a lot, he should have at least the. The humanity, you know, the class to own up to it and say, hey, you know what? I screwed up. Sorry, Donald. I owe you one, buddy. You know, something. Give me something here, Junior. And he doesn't do it. And that, that is bad. That is really low. Well, Mark, the uh, reason I really called was to talk about Kamala Harris dropping out. And she kind of reminds me of Justin Trudeau because she goes around preaching all this stuff and everyone says how great she is. But then her campaign manager quits on her on the weekend and says she was the worst person she ever worked for, the most disrespectful, the meanest person she ever worked for. Do you hear the mainstream media talking about that? Of who, course not. Who are you referring to exactly? Kamala Harris. Oh, Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah. I, that's true. Uh, Kamala was touted by uh, some people like Bill Maher, for instance. Uh, they, they, all, they all thought she was the greatest thing, you know. She looked good. Uh, you know, she sounded okay, even though the content was not very deep. You know, she, she it looked like somebody that the Democrat Party should could really rally around as a leftist, uh, somebody, you know, who represented diversity and all this. But she ended up being a total dud. A com- yeah. You know, she, she could not hold her own even against uh, far left Elizabeth Warren. And I think uh, and it was funny because Trump being Trump, he rips he rips them again when she bailed out. Who did what did she what did he do? He congratulated Tulsi Gabbard, who's really the best of the lot in that she's she's a, a genuine patriot, military background, loves her country. I mean, I think she's in the wrong party myself, but um, you know, at least she's a, she seems to be a decent person. And I tell you, if she's part of a ticket against Trump, I mean, who knows? Some people are saying that uh, it could be a Mayor Pete Tulsi Gabbard um, ticket. Uh, I don't know. At this point, it looks like Trump is going to kick butt. Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a walk away. It's a walk away. Anyway, let's hope that Trudeau changes his mind. And um, does apologize, come to a sense. Unfortunately, the longer you don't do it, the worse it sounds, the worse it gets for him. But uh, he's coming home after another boondoggle. You know, just when you think maybe he's learned his lesson, he's going to be a little bit, have a bit more, I don't know, gravitas. It's not in him to do it. It's just not part of his character. It's not part of his character or makeup. You can't expect that people are going to be something that they're not. And this guy just doesn't have it. Dave, thanks for your call. Later, Anchor Baby. All right, man. Uh, i got to take a quick time out. Back with a, a business update, which I haven't done yet. Um, markets are uh, bouncing back after yesterday. Uh, Dow's up a couple hundred points. But uh, more on that when we return. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number. 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program. Heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. 
And we are back with more news talk on this edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Show. See, I, I try to say something nice about Justin Trudeau, and right away, I get a caller, in this case Dave, saying, hey, enough of that. <laughs> I know who's listening to this show. I know who our uh, listeners are. And it is interesting. Uh, I guess uh, the... Uh, uh, communications guy Harper's former communications people they've been quoted he was quoted in this uh, New York Times story uh, saying that uh, that at this point uh, okay this is this, the story says that the the viral video clip uh, was not only seen as a potential embarrassment for Mr. Trump Mr. Trudeau also drew criticism for speaking so freely in a setting where his remarks could be caught by a hot mic at by this point in his tenure the prime minister should realize that events with pool cameras need to be approached and managed as on-the-record events. That, according to Andrew McDougall, former spokesman for Mr. Trudeau's conservative predecessor, Prime Minister uh, Stephen Harper, and he wrote that on Twitter, hopefully this gaffe doesn't wind the president up at a sensitive time for United States-Canada relations. That, according to McDougall. Well, guess what? It did wind him up. <laughs> if he's calling Justin Trudeau two-faced at this point, yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's been wound up. Okay, uh, and this this time, it may, you know, things got sour between uh, the two earlier on after Trump got in, and he called uh, Justin Trudeau weak and dishonest. So that cooled things off, and I, I'm not sure that Trump is gonna let it go this time. I, I, this could. This could have, unless Trudeau comes out and apologizes. And if he does apologize today, I will say something nice. If he waits too long, then he's, he's blown it. In fact, maybe he's, he already has waited too long. Should have done it by now. Yeah, oil rising ahead of OPEC output talks. I guess there are expectations there. Perhaps that those output talks are going to restrict output, which would, which would be bullish for the price of, of oil. And I guess if you have cooperation there between OPEC countries, then that tends to boost. Well, actually, let's see, let's have a look at that article here because I don't want to speak out of turn on what might happen at those output out OPEC talks. Uh, cooperation would tend to uh, suggest that uh, they're going to restrict output, and uh, that would be bullish for the price of uh, of oil. Uh, by the way, Brent uh, crude is up two bucks, so that's up uh, three dollars and uh, three point four two percent. Up two bucks to sixty two dollars and ninety cents. So, quite a nice little boost here for oil. There are clear signs that the that the global economy is not doing particularly well, but the Bank of Canada does not want to cut rates, and they have come out and said there's evidence the global economy is stabilizing, while the domestic economy remains resilient. In an interest rate decision today that gave little indication that policymakers are in a rush to lower borrowing costs. Well, what's going on here? I'll tell you, my friends. I believe that they're just propping up the dollars to the degree that they can. You know, if they if they cut rates, our our dollar would take a hit. And I think they're a little bit sensitive, you know. That that uh, that the dollar will do that, and so they're they're keeping rates steady, even as we've seen, what three cuts south of the border? I've lost count uh, how many times that they've cut rates south of the border. But the Ottawa-based central bank uh, held its policy rate at one point seventy five 
uh, percent for a ninth consecutive meeting, retaining language from its previous statement that it judges the current interest rate as appropriate. The prolonged pause has left Canada with a, the highest policy rate among advanced economies. Well, I don't think that we have the strongest economy amongst all these countries. The decision showcases a central bank still comfortable with its wait-and-see stance. Well, okay. Uh, in a statement, the central bank said the October projection for the recovery. I mean, we've seen a little weakness in the job front, for sure, in this country. Um, anyway, October projection for a recovery in global growth appears to be intact, even as ongoing international trade disputes remain the biggest source of risk. It also continued to characterize domestic economic conditions as resilient. The quote being, future interest rate decisions will be guided by the bank's continuing assessment of the adverse impact of trade. They want to blame Trump <laughs> at the end of the day. Whatever goes wrong, it's Trump's fault. Yeah, don't don't blame our resource sector policies up here. No, don't blame the fact that we have lost literally billions of dollars in investment cash that have left this th tens of thousands of jobs that our manufacturing sector continues to languish under these uh, policies. Uh, you know, the, the, the negative effects of the carbon tax, the, the impact on consumers, the fact that people are feeling the pinch. No, don't blame any of that. No, it's not our government's policy. It's not our government's problem. It's, it's all the problem of Trump. Baloney. That's what I say. We're going to take a quick time out. And uh, when we come back, we'll have the last precious golden segment of the Mark Petroni radio program heading into the top of the hour. So don't go away. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number 416 640 0200. That's 416 640 0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk. So very glad you could join us on this edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. Yeah, the lead story on. Drudge is uh, hate o summit. Hate o summit. Leaders trash talk Trump. The video. The drama. <laughs> While literally hundreds and hundreds of millions of people uh, go on this um, page. So that is the story of the day for sure. And uh, our prime minister is right at the center of it. Because I think as you listen again to that video... He was the guy who was driving a lot of that trash talk. <laughs> if he had to, it's his quotes that are everywhere. The other two were kind of there. You sort of don't really hear what Macron was saying. And, and, and Boris is just kind of saying, yeah, whatever. <laughs> In fact, I think if you watch the video closely, as Junior is slagging Trump, Boris kind of looks off in the corner somewhere going, eh. it almost, it's almost like, eh, do I want to walk away from this? You know, 
<laughs> Just saying. Are you ready for a, a female 007? Well, there is talk. So the first trailer for Bond's No Time to Die, that's out now. But apparently there is some talk that uh, the first trailer now teasing female rival for for 007. Okay, so it's not, at least that's the buzz. I have no idea if people are actually going to bite, but that's the talk. Um, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem right to me. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. I know I'm going to go. Oh, that's just sexist. Well, look, it just doesn't seem right. I mean, there are certain female characters that are female characters. You know, you wouldn't think, well, would a man fit into that? I just, it's hard to see that. Uh, but there you go. But you know what? Here's my thing. If they can make it fly, if they can sell, you know, millions and millions of tickets and people want to see that, hey, you know, I say go for it. Ultimately, it's for the market to decide. It is for the market to decide. Uh, just a couple of other stories that are just kind of making uh, the uh, the rounds here on Drudge and elsewhere. Gene-edited baby experiment may have created unintended mutations. Gee, you think? Gee, what could possibly go wrong when you start doing that sort of thing? Uh, a China, this is the, the story in The Guardian, China gene-edited baby experiment may have created unintended mutations. Uh, yeah, how does that make you? <laughs> Seriously? And people are shocked by this? This is how Frankensteins happen. This is how you know nightmare scenarios take place. This is uh, the guy's name, or girl, I suppose. It could be either one. He Jiangkui, original research published for the first time, could have failed. Uh, the gene editing performing uh, performed on two Chinese twins to immunize them against HIV may have failed and created unintended mutations that, according to scientists uh, who have released a, a statement now saying, well, you know what, maybe this didn't work. Well, yeah, so what, we've got these two people now with weirdo mutations what's going to happen to them you know is is this how x-men are created i'm sorry i I don't mean i don't want to make light of this i'll I'll get in trouble i don't want to make light of it but you know what i'm saying anytime you mess with this stuff so that's what they're saying that um that's a story in in the uh the guardian scientists have said after the original research was made public for the first time excerpts from the manuscript released by MIT are showing how the Chinese biophysicist He Jiangkui ignored ethical and scientific norms in creating the twins. Right, and that individual got in a lot of trouble in China, but I've always maintained that he was doing it complicitly with the government. It's one of these things that I've, I've described this in the past. It's like Mission Impossible, right? You know, here's your assignment, but if you get caught... If anybody uh, on your team gets killed, we will disavow any knowledge of your actions. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they operate under those types of scenarios in China. You know, yeah, you have our blessing. Here's some here's some cash in a brown envelope. But if you get caught, <laughs> you are on your own. And better yet, we will put you in jail. Anyway, the, the birth of the twins, Lula and Nana, 
in late 2018 sent shockwaves throughout the scientific world. The story goes on to say he made, this scientist made expansive claims of a medical breakthrough that could control the HIV epidemic, but it was not clear whether it had been successful in its intended purpose, immunizing the babies against the virus because the team did not, in fact, reproduce the gene mutation that confers this resistance. Okay, so what this is telling me is that, for whatever reason, they didn't accomplish what they wanted to as far as immunizing these babies against HIV. But what are the unintended, uh, you know, results of all this? This is what I want to know. Like, what kind of issues are going to come out? Anytime you mess with this stuff, man, it is scary. You can't do this stuff and then think that uh, everything will be fine. But you know what? They can't, res- they can't stop themselves. They just cannot because they, they need to know. And I guess operating on, um, on people, these people are just addicted to it. They want to know if it'll work. Everybody wants, wants the big uh, you know, scientific breakthrough. And so they do this stuff, and maybe it's half-baked. Maybe it's not seen through. But on the other hand, they think, well, you know, if we don't operate on people, we'll never, we'll never fully understand the impact of it. And you're talking about babies here, you know. You're talking about human beings. Who knows what kind of stuff is going on, you know, that we don't know. This, you know, is this not the, the tip of the iceberg as far as experimentation on people is concerned? You know, you hear about what they feel kind of okay about telling you when stuff leaks out, a little bit leaks out. Okay, well, we'll give them this much information, but we're not going to tell them about all that other stuff we're doing. Oh, no. No chance, man. No chance. I see the Irishman. I know I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I, I do occasionally little bits and pieces. The Irishman named Best Film by the National Board of Review. Have you seen this thing? No, I haven't seen that yet. It's over three hours. You know, this is the thing. This is the knock against. Uh, you know, it, it is long, but you know what? If you're gonna, if you're watching it on Netflix, then you know you can always watch it piecemeal, right? This this was what I had intended to do. Was okay. Well, I'll watch. Uh, you know, I'll watch an hour today. I'll watch an hour tomorrow. Maybe you know another hour the day after that. But you start watching it, and you know, next thing you know, three hours has flown by. It's uh, it's it's really well done. Maybe I'm not sure if it's the best thing that uh, Martin Scorsese has done. He came out recently and said, "Well, just just don't watch it on your phone." <laughs> he said, "Maybe if you if you got a big iPad, you know, maybe I can sort of buy that, but please don't." I mean, these these people spend. I think the budget for that movie was in the 160 million dollar range, and so I guess it irks these. Uh, auteur type of filmmakers to think that people are going to be watching these movies on their phone. And I kind of understand why they would feel that way. Um, you know, Scorsese is a craftsman. It's it's a very good movie. Uh, I think one of the interesting things was this software program that they use to de-age people. And, you know, where are we headed with that, right? I mean, that has enormous potential and whether it's positive or negative, just to, I mean, you know, at what point are we going to be seeing a movie starring uh, Marilyn Monroe and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? You know what I mean? Weird stuff. Like, apparently they're bringing Jimmy Dean back. That's the last I heard. 
that's James Dean. I, I somebody decided here here's a guy that would be perfect for this role. Yeah, he's been dead since whatever 1954 was it, something like that, early 50s. But uh, he'd be perfect for this role, and then they can recreate these characters. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of cool with it. Part of me is. I'm not a purist when it comes to that sort of thing. Give me a great movie. Give me a great story. We're going to sign off. We're going to pack it in. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun as always. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And uh, let's do it again tomorrow, shall we? And lots of other great stuff coming. So see you tomorrow. Live on saga960am.ca.